With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Live and Let's Discuss. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. And we're welcome to the Roger Moore era of Bond. A very silly era and a very different one from what we've just seen. Kind of. Diamonds Are Forever is pretty terrible. So, honestly, if I had watched them in the correct order, it would have felt, it would have probably felt more right. But I went and saw No Time to Die in between Mm. watching Diamonds Are Forever and Live and Let Die. And so it was like whiplash. Yeah. It's just whiplash. Um, but, but you know why why it's great to finally have arrived in the Roger Moore era? Aside because from our, our podcast being named after Live and Let Die? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I really enjoy the Live and Let Die novel. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite novels of the Fleming mm-hmm. stuff. So... This is one of the bigger gaps in between book and movie. Because Live and Let Die, the novel, came out in the early 50s, whereas Live and Let Die, the movie, is the early 70s. Yeah. So, plus minus 20 years. Yeah, and they're very, very different. Yeah, I mean, this is a weird one because similar to Diamonds it still takes a lot of elements from the book, Mm -hmm. but does them a lot differently. Yes, that's that's something I noticed. Um, (laughs) How does Live and Let Die open the book? The book? Yeah. The book, it already opens with Bond arriving in New York. Yeah. and And he meets Felix Leiter. And then we get a little flashback to the scene with M in his office. Who, <laughs> and then he just explains the mission to Bond. And then we go back to the correct point in time. Which is a piracy thing. It's about, like, gold yeah. coins. Exactly. Because Mr. Big, the big bad guy of the novel, who is working for Smirsh, the Russian terror organization, he found out about the treasures of Bloody Morgan, the pirate, and he's smuggling out all these gold coins. Mm-hmm. And Bond has to stop him. Yeah, because it's devaluing the British currency. Mm-hmm. A little far-fetched, but like... Pretty fantastical. Yeah. But it feels real. Whereas in this, in the movie, Mr. Big, also known as... Oh gosh, was. Dr. Kananga, which yeah. is a thing because they changed the bad guy pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes he's a gangster, but he's also like this ruler of this island. And, and Monique, they call it, yeah. because they took the voodoo element from the book, mm -hmm. but they didn't want to say all black people believe in this, so they made their own little country. Yes. Which they would do later on in License to Kill. Yeah. They've done it a few times. But mm -hmm. um, it's a heroin operation. Mm -hmm. And they're going to, he's going to flood the American market with free heroin for a while until all of the other crime families that supply heroin can't, can't afford to uh, supply it anymore because it's free. Um, and then he's going to charge a ton of money for it and have yeah. like a crime empire as in his words, equivalent to the phone company, mm. which is flipping ridiculous. But I, I should talk about our Bond villain is played by Yafayette Koda. Mm -hmm. A great one. A great one. He's one of two Roger Moore era villains that are, I think are pretty iconic. Hmm. Who's uh, the other one? I can guess. It's in our next one. Scaramanga. Scaramanga. <laughs> of course. I can't say that Christopher Lee is not iconic. Yeah. Just about... He was in those terrible Hobbit movies, and he still was wonderful. Hmm. Horn cob teeth. No oh, man, but the villain. I think we can talk about the biggest differences right away mm -hmm. between um, book and movie. So he, in the movie, he's Doctor Kananga. He's the ruler of this island, mm -hmm. and at the same time, he has like a face mask, and he's basically living a double life as Mr. Yeah. Big, this criminal gangster boss. Can, can we just talk about the mask? Yeah, okay. It clearly looks like a mask. Yes. Something I noticed on rewatch, and I'm like, is he a burn victim? Like, why is this man wearing a mask? It's like, oh, it's because it's Kananga. Yeah, the special effects is also something we can talk about here. But with the book... And I'm glad I reread it because in the book, it's just Mr. Big. Mm -hmm. He's just the crime boss uh, working for Smirch. We also get his full name in the book, which I have to look up right now because it's ridiculous. Mr. Big stands for Buenaparte Ignaz Gallia. Yes. And he was... Wasn't he an American originally? I think and they say he's part French. He's part French. That would make sense because he's from like the voodoo culture of like the Caribbean. Yep. But he was indoctrinated into Smash at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And is one of their better agents. Yep. And the whole thing with Bond and Smash at this point is he feels he's been wronged by Smash personally after Casino Royale. Right, because the book also talks about, you know, the scar on his hand after one of the Smirsch guys, you know, attacked him with a knife. What he yeah, did. Well, well, as he was, yeah, they carved him up. Mm -hmm. They had the, uh, they put the mark on the back of his hand and he had to have plastic surgery to get it removed. Um, so he, in these early Bond books, he's kind of, 
he he has he takes it like dealing with Smirsh personally. Yeah, which we can also mention. He does talk about you know how much he hates Smirsh in the book, mm-hmm. but it's not as direct of a sequel to Casino Royale. Like in comparison to the movie version and then Quantum of Solace. Yes. Like there is no mention of Vespa Lind in Live and Let Die, for example. It's a standalone novel. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It, it wouldn't be till we got to From Russia with Love that they would all connect. In bigger ways. Yeah. In bigger ways, yeah. Um but can we can we talk about how Bond just walks into Harlem? Can we first start with the introduction to Bond? Yeah. Okay, at uh, first the uh, the credit sequence, the pre-title sequence. And uh, we get killed. Yeah. In interesting ways and then yes. the last one sadly sucks because they kill a guy with a snake. Snake is supposed to bite him but we can clearly see it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I was more I was still stuck on the the funeral one. That's the but, best one. Yeah, it's the best one because it ties so perfectly. There's people just start dancing in the street. Yeah, that that's good. And then we get our first look at Roger Moore as the new James Bond. And it's perfect because he's just lying in bed with like an attractive woman. Yeah. From his Italian job he just did. Yeah. So I assume she's another agent, I guess. And then one of like an agent though. <laughs> yeah, but and then we get a weird bit of comedy with M who shows up in James Bond's house. Yeah, which... this is the only time I can think of until we get to the Craig era where they're in Bond's flat. We see it in Dr. No because Sylvia Trench shows up in his... That's right, yeah. yeah. It was like this apartment building and we didn't see much of it. But in this, it looks... Well... Looks, looks like a house. Yeah. But what always sticks in my mind is his kitchen. Which looks like grandma's kitchen. It looks 70s. You wouldn't, yeah. That was state-of-the-art for the 70s. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I had grandparents that had a kitchen like that because they they got their house in the seventies, mm-hmm. like the wood paneling, the the freaking kitchen appliances. Yeah, very seventies. Uh, yeah, and that's something we need to talk about with the Moore era. We've talked about it a little before. These are the ones that dated the most. The f- because things in the seventies were just ugly. Like True. a lot of fashion was terrible. And we start to see this in this movie. And this is something I noticed on rewatch. Bond changes outfits like 12 times. Yeah. Maybe an exaggeration. It might have been eight. But he's changing outfits between scenes and it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's all terrible 70s fashion. Except the last one. Like his black suit with, you know, the. Yeah, that's, that's an iconic outfit. That's fine. Yeah. That's the only one I remembered in this one, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I always bring up the Spy Who Loved Me tux, which is mm. super bad. Um, But yeah, all of his suits, they're super like the, the flare pants. And I get the flared pants, the bell bottoms are a thing again. But like, 
his suits they're so ta- tasteless they're so flashy for for a secret agent mm-hmm. i mean we watched diamonds are forever recently so yeah that pretty was much the same stuff too yeah the 70s fashion is just so so bad and like it just takes away from bond being like a, a secret agent it's mm-hmm. too loud um but yeah he bond bond goes to harlem which in the book is the most racist like it was so shockingly racist ah uh, i don't that's, know that's no. some it is. I get the dialogue of the time, but for someone who's not used to just speaking like that, it, it was, it was jarring. Yeah, because Fleming gives like one excerpt of like how the black people talk. Because one of the characters is like, "Hey, Bond, just just listen to them talk. You know, get a feel for their lifestyle and whatever." Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then Fleming tries to write like. I don't know, like a black person would talk there? Ebonics, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that would be the terminology of the time. The ebonics. Um, the slang. Mm-hmm. Slang of the 50s, which is different than the slang of the 70s. Which we, they actually, as I, it looks like they filmed in New York. Oh yeah, they did. I'm pretty sure they did. Which is so 70s to do. Mm-hmm. They would not do that now. It'd be too expensive. It wouldn't be worth it. But, um, yeah, Bond follows them into Harlem in, in both. He does it in the book with Felix, right? Yeah, because in the book, it's for the first half, it's almost like a buddy cop movie in a way, because we get a lot of, you know, Felix and Bond interactions and yeah. they are in it together. But Which in is- the movie, obviously, mostly Bond. Something I want to point out, because there's only, the only other book before this is um, Casino Royale with Fleming, and it's made out to believe that Bond had a bunch of adventures with Felix. In, in Live and Let Die, the book? Yes. Oh, that's true, I remember. Yeah. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? The second one. And, maybe they had a lot of adventures in between that they I never guess. get to see. But yeah, they're really good friends. They go to this nightclub. Mm-hmm. Is this when Bond gets captured? I'm trying to remember. The oh yeah, he gets captured early on, which yes. is also in the movie twice. Yeah, Bond gets captured all the time in this movie. Yeah. Um, to the point where he escapes and then gets captured the next scene. It gets so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But um, in the in the movie, he gets stuck in a a booth that flips around, and he's immediately captured. And we get introduced to both Solitaire and uh, Tihi. Yep, which we don't Great even know why, why he's called Tihi in the uh, in the movie. I mean, he does laugh a lot, but not like. No, like it's not, described in the book. That's cre- he, so in the book, he has a really creepy, high-pitched laugh. And um, does he have the claw arm in the book? No, no, that's that's oh, just made up for the movie. I didn't think so, because that reminded me of Dr. No's claw arms from the book. Mm-hmm. Which 
which is really weird. But Tihi in the movie bends the Walther PPK. Just like just bends the barrel over with his claw arm. Yep. And then Bond's like, just he hands it back to Bond and Bond just throws it in the trash. Yeah. It's the most Roger Moore thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I love it. Um uh, but in the move in the book, we gotta talk about the torture scene. Okay. Um, where Bond is strapped to a chair and Tihi grabs his pinky finger on his left hand and bends it back until it's flush with his the back of his hand and breaks it. Yeah, which they talk about in the movie, in the later scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they threatened to cut off his finger mm-hmm. with Tihi's claw arm. Yeah. Which apparently is a Swiss army knife, but like I don't I don't know. It looks dumb. I don't know. It, I mean it looks dumb, but it's kind of awesome at the same time. Yeah. Like with a a lot of this movie. There's a lot of dumb things in here. Mm-hmm. So with the book, like half of it almost over half of it, I think, is in New York. Oh yeah. Most of it. And then it goes to Jamaica. It goes to Jamaica. Which um the movie is barely it's like maybe half an hour of this two hour movie is in New York and they go to do they do they go directly to his island? They do. Might be. Or they, they go, go to, to New Orleans? Well yeah, they go to New Orleans, but like they end up going to his island because that's when we meet Bond Girl number two. Oh, we should talk about Solitaire and how Bond Bond pulls the Solitaire reads tarot cards in the movie. Which have like little 007 symbols on the back of them? Yes, they do. So dumb. To be uh, fair, most people wouldn't notice this. Yeah, no. It's not like the 007 camera in Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the book, it's Mr. Big thinks that Solitaire is like psychic. Yeah. We get Solitaire's backstory of how she was like, they thought everyone thought she was a witch. They kind of shunned her and he like protected her and like adopted her. But he's also like, she's going to be my wife to make me more powerful. Yeah. Cause he's really into the voodoo mm-hmm. in the book. True. Also in the movie, in a way, but more so in the book, where he uses it like as a tool. Yes. Oh, we also, since we're talking about Solitaire, we should mention in the book, her real name is Simone Luttrell. Yes. And she gets called Solitaire because she doesn't want to spend time with men. Uh-huh. Again, which features into the people thinking she's a witch and, and stuff. And yes. I think that was maybe the inspiration for this one weird plot point in this movie. Oh, yeah. So, in the movie, according to everyone in Mr. Big's circle, um, Solitaire can't have sex with men because she won't, if she's not a virgin, she won't be able to read the cards. 
which the card reading is so bizarre in the movie. Because in the book, it's so clear that that's just Mr. Big's thought process is like, that's got to be it. The, the cards have to be like that. That's what makes sense. Like that. That's like his religion, basically. In the movie, it just straight up predicts actual plot points. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. I know. This is James Bond meeting the supernatural. It's so weird. And this is the only one that really does that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, so. we can talk about the ending and the last shot of the movie later on. Yes, uh, exactly what comes to mind. But um, something I wanted to bring up that's actually I was so happy was in the movie, although it's not done quite the same. Is the radio system with Whisper? Oh yeah, true. With, with his terrible voice, because he had like some sort of throat thing happen to him. Oh yeah, I think in the book they say his throat got cut at one point. Yeah, like yeah, but he survived it and hit his jugular. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's like their radio. He's their main communications guy because he's that's all he does in the book. Whereas mm-hmm. in the movie, he's a henchman that can literally pick up Bond. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I will say this: this movie has a great cast of villains. Yes, with like Tihi, Whisper, and Doctor Kananga, of course, and of course Baron Samedi. And Samedi, yeah, who is the big voodoo guy? Who should have had more of a role. Yeah, he has barely anything to do until the end. Yeah. But, um, oh lord, losing my train of thought. So, the whole thing is Bond takes. I can't remember when he snags Solitaire in the, the book. It's early on. She calls in the book, she calls him and is like, I have an opportunity to escape, but you have to take me with you. And Bond is going on a train anyway. So they are on a train for a portion of the book, trying mm-hmm. to, you know, escape Mr. Big's men who try to kill them. Yeah. Until they arrive somewhere else and meet Felix. And then Felix meets the shark. Isn't that in Florida, though? I, f- I think that was Florida. Yeah, I think they end up going to Florida in this instead of New Orleans. But we're we're getting ahead of ourselves in the movie. So the movie ends up going to either Jamaica or the island. And Bond meets up with who's supposedly a CIA agent. Oh yeah, Rosie. Rosie. Who he tries to throw the moves on. She's like, I need to go be in the other bedroom. Well, at first of all, they try to they try to kill Bond with the snake. That Bond uses a flamethrower. And his cigar. And with his cigar and an aerosol can and kills the most rubber of snakes. Yeah, a lot of rubber snakes. So many rubber snakes. Which is good because no animals were harmed. As far as we know. As far as we know. We can talk about harm done to animals when we talk about Never Say Never Again. That's a long time from now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... 
she he, Bond convinces her to take him to. I keep wanting to call him Catalina. <laughs> the back was. Oh God, what is his name? Kananga. Kananga. Yeah, I'm Yeah, like uh, place of operation. And yeah. Bond Bond bangs her, and then she runs away, and she gets killed with like a dart gun, or it could be a gun gun in like a dummy. Yeah. Which I mean, it's an interesting, it's a cool looking thing, the mm-hmm. dummy. Yeah, they're a bunch of voodoo dummies mm-hmm. to ward off people, and some of them have little cameras in them, and oh some yeah, in the eyes, and they yeah. come out. Yeah, but um, I will say we we skipped over Quarrel Junior. Yes, a very nice connection, because obviously. The books Live and Let Die was the second book, and Doctor No was number six. Yes. And obviously Quarrel in the books gets introduced in Live and Let Die, he helps out Bond, and then he returns in Doctor No. And then he dies in Doctor No. Yes. That's which just... they yeah, which they also did in the movie. But obviously, since you know they switched books around, now we get Quarrel Jr. instead. Which kinda doesn't work. Yeah, again, Bond and, like, chronology and, like, the timeline, it's all weird. It's a like, nothing works. Oh, wonky. That would have meant that Quarrel... I mean, Quarrel could have just looked really good for his age. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can kind of screw up my face and uh, believe that. Yeah, and I mean Quarrel Junior, nice enough character. I mean, yeah, he hasn't. He doesn't have a lot to do, but yeah. But uh, we have to get the whole Bond uh, glider scene. Okay. Into the 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 complex as he uses a glider. You've. He glides around and he kicks a dude off a cliff. Yep. Um, and then we he... are already at the end. You know what we skipped? Mm. The very important twenty-minute-long boat chase. No, the, the glider happens before. Does it happen before? Okay, then I'm wrong. Yeah, no, he's he uh, takes the raft in at the end. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he sneaks into the base of operations and he runs into solitaire mm. and he convinces solitaire to have sex with him because he has all of the lover tarot cards. Yes. And he tosses them down. It's the most Roger Moore thing I've ever seen. Yep. I mean, it's fun in a way, but on the other hand, you have to think, okay, it is kind of creepy because yeah. they explicitly say she's a virgin. Yes, it's like nearly, it's so improbable that he would find that many of the same cards that quickly. He went into a tarot card shop. We saw it. Oh, that's He probably true. said, give me 50 of these cards. God, that's so bad. <laughs> and then, then he bangs her and then she's like, I can't read the cards anymore. 
well, mm-hmm. can we can we bang again? And the Rodworth <laughs> says, well, we shouldn't leave half-cocked. He also looked very surprised when she said it. He was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, which we haven't talked a whole lot about all of Roger Moore's one-liners. Yeah. Because and obviously he's not Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And they don't... I mean, we already saw it in Diamonds. They try to make it more fun. Mm-hmm. Which didn't work really in Diamonds because Connery was angry and pissed and didn't care. Yeah. But it's fun with Roger. Oh, definitely. But, um... Anyway. Uh, let's get in. So, they escape with Solitaire. They find the, um... The heroine. Mm-hmm. The poppy seeds. The poppies. And then they get attacked the helicopter. They escape. Um... On a bus. On a really big bus. Yes. Like a double-decker bus. Mm-hmm. Which is a fun little chase. But it pales in comparison to the boat chase. Yeah. Then they get to New Orleans. And they're immediately picked up by Mr. Biggs. People. True, it's on the airfield. Yes. That's when, that's when we get some of the worst action, I would say. Oh yeah, when when Bond commandeers the plane with the the older Mrs. Bell inside it, the elderly woman who just wants like some training, and Bond says, "Let's just wing it." Mm-hmm. And then she drives around with the plane. Yeah, and the the reason why this is a bad action sequence to me is because Bond doesn't really do anything. Like the bad guys just jump out of the way when the plane is approaching, yeah. and then they just stop shooting him or chasing him. One guy in in the car, the guy who's driving the car, who's following Bond. Mm-hmm. Bond does absolutely nothing in the plane. Like, nothing. And the guy in the car is like, I can't find the brakes! And he crashes. <laughs> he literally says, I can't find the brakes. I didn't yeah. catch that. but it's <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> but, you know, he evades capture, meets up with Felix... Felix mm-hmm. has to talk to this lady's husband on the phone. Yeah, because she was traumatized. And uh, they end up going to a bar. And Bond avoids the booth seat because he had a terrible spin in a booth. And then mm-hmm. just so they can... Felix can go take a call. And Bond can be sucked under the floor. Which happened in the book. That's the scene early on. Yes. But Felix was also in there. And we get a nice moment in the book with Felix. Mm-hmm. Because while Bond is getting, you know, questioned and tortured by Mr. Big, Felix is in another room, mm-hmm. also supposedly getting tortured. But mm-hmm. it turns out Felix talked to one of the black guys. And they talked about jazz music. And the black guy came to like Felix. And he was like, I don't really want to torture this guy. Like, he's cool. Mm-hmm. So he just knocks Felix out and throws him outside in front of a hospital or something. That was nice. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, Solitaire is supposed to read the back of Bond. We haven't talked about Bond's watch. Oh, yeah. It got int- introduced early on in the scene with M. Yeah, where it's like, I can't believe you... Uh... Well, first of all, Q's not in this movie. 
No, he gets mentioned. And I think it was like a decision made by Broccoli to leave Q out of it for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. So they, uh, I think they yeah, I think they just try to make Rogers Bond a little bit different. Which is why we probably didn't get a office scene in this. Yeah, it was peculiar. Mm. <clears throat> but anyway, uh Q Q has repaired Bond's watch, which has a magnet in it. And it can magnet it can drag he can drag things with the magnet, which he uses to take off the Italian girl's dress. Fun scene. It's like such a light touch. He's like Pure magnetism. It's just so many one-liners. Yeah. Almost all of Bond's dialogue in this is just one-liners. And Bond gets his watch taken away by Teehee so that... Oh, first of all, Mr. Big unmasks himself to be... Yeah, because we couldn't have guessed who it was behind his shitty mask. He rips his mask off. His awful, awful mask. I mean, I like the effect when he just pulls on his nose and the thing just explodes like a balloon. Yeah. He's just ripping it off and throwing the wig off. And and Bond won't admit that he had sex with Solitaire. (laughs) That's pretty good. But yeah, Solitaire has to read the serial number on the back of the watch. And she doesn't. Do it. She does it completely incorrect, mm-hmm. um, which is a sad scene for our, our villain. It's like his best acting of the uh, whole whole thing. Yeah, maybe he looks really like hurt and disappointed. Yeah, and then it's he slaps weird. her. He slaps her. Well, this is after Bond gets knocked down, dragged to the alligator. Oh uh, yeah, the alligator farm, which. Yeah. Interesting behind the scenes. Uh, so Bond is captured. He's put on top of this little island, island in the middle of this, you know, alligator farm, Alligators and they are approaching. Them. Yeah, and he runs across them. Yes, which and was an actual uh, practical thing that someone did. Yes, it was the guy who owned the alligator farm, <laughs> and this guy who did the stunt and who ho- and and who owned the place. His name was Kananga. Oh. Which is why they named the villain Dr. Kananga. Yeah, and he actually did this stunt over and over because he kept falling in. Which you can see in the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's and crazy. of course, it, it gets uh, referenced in Skyfall, of all films. Yeah, because um, Daniel Craig's a huge fan of Live and Let Die. Hmm. Which is so weird. Yeah. But... Anyway, so he escapes and leads to the... He lights the heroin lab on fire. Mm-hmm. And I guess the the alligator he lets in dies because he's it's a burned husk on the ground, but you never see that, which Ooh. makes no sense. And he jumps into a boat, and this leads to a really long really long boat chase it's no joke it's it must be like 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. if not longer but of course it had to be that long because it introduces us to the best character oh, in the God. james bond series i forgot he was introduced in this yes we get well there was the proto sheriff in diamonds in las vegas yeah but he was kind of competent kind of but here we get stereotype <laughs> here we get 
Sheriff J.W. Pepper, the Judger Bings of James Bond. Oh god, he's so awful. He is like a hick stereotype. I okay, legitimately I just watched the movie. I had to turn on subtitles for this guy at one point. I could not understand his dialect. It was he talks like this. And like just the most southern spitting yeah. tobacco. He comment he gets a boat through his car, so he commandeers another police car. And they're trying to chase um all all the henchmen who are chasing Bond. Yeah. They start- and I mean the boat chase itself is nice. Like it's, it's great fun. stunt work and everything. Yeah. And there are some nice comedy moments, like when they are um with the boat driving by this wedding that is taking place on an island or something. Yeah. In the, yeah. the bayou. They're in the bayou. Mm-hmm. Say that. Um just the amount of times boats go over land. Mm-hmm. Which they practically did. Yeah. Um, it's it's so it's an interesting chase, except for the JW Pepper and then his brother <laughs> Billy Bob. Oh, Billy Bob, who gets knocked out and his boat gets stolen by one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's pretty good. But I will say some of my highlights: when Bond crashes his first boat into the the yard of this like this family's house, mm-hmm. and then. The henchmen end up get going too far and he gets stuck in the pool. And then Bond runs and steals another boat. That's, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, but my personal highlight is when Bond grabs a can of gas and throws it on a dude's face after hitting his boat so it spins around in circles. And then he smacks the boat so it goes up the ramp and blows up. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. But again, intercut with uh, J.W. Pepper, which yeah. we can't stress enough how I'm off. yeah, off. it is really Jaja Bing's type of humor. Like it's I get I think they put him in to be like, we are not racist. See, we have this stereotypical white character. Our hands are clean. Mm hmm. And then they brought him back for the next one because he was a fan favorite character. He really was the key to all of this because he's a funnier character than we ever had before. <laughs> oh God! But anyway, so so we're we're getting to the climax of both the book and the movie here, mm-hmm. which is going to in the book Jamaica and the the movie. San Monique, the island. San Monique. We need to discuss that Felix disagreed with something that ate him. In the book, yeah. In the book, uh, they're at a little hotel, a little bungalow. Bond mm-hmm. slips out for a bit. I can't remember what he's doing. I don't either, but like Felix but... takes action in his own hands and he goes investigating a place. Mm-hmm. That is selling like fish. It's like in License to Kill, obviously. That scene was yeah. inspired by it. And they are smuggling. The, yeah. There's a firefight in there later. Yeah, right. But uh, Felix gets. Solitaire gets kidnapped, and Felix is fed to a shark. By one of Mr. Big's henchmen. 
I yes. don't think Mr. Big even knows that this happened. It was just the henchman alone doing it. Yeah. And they leave him a bloody mess on the floor of the bungalow. Mm-hmm. The note that says he disagreed with something that ate him. Yeah. One of Which your favorite lines. It is one of my favorite lines. I use it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And this <clears throat> Bond starts training with Quarrel. I'm losing oh, yeah. my voice. <clears throat> Goddamn. Which is a, a great chapter. Yeah. You should, read Bond... it. you should read it while listening to Eye of the Tiger. It's, it's pretty much that sequence. And Bond has to cut back to five cigarettes a day. Yeah. Is it five? No. No. Ten? It's, it's ten. Yeah. He's down to five cigarettes a day in John Gardner's License to Kill novel. Mm-hmm. Progress. Twelve. No, it's twelve. It's twelve. Because Bond smokes three packs a day. He smokes 30 cigarettes. Like, like three packs... Yeah, he smokes three packs of cigarettes a day. That's something that's brought up as he's a he's a drunk and a chain smoker in the book. <laughs> because Fleming was a drunk and a chain smoker. <laughs> yeah. And and so he scuba dives out to the the, the place of operations, which is a very intense scene. In the book. In the book. Exactly. Because he finds this cave where Bloody Morgan hid his treasure. Mm-hmm. And there's now the base of Mr. Big and his henchmen. Mm-hmm. But in the in the movie, Solitaire is going to be sacrificed in some sort of voodoo ritual. Vaughn yeah. is given a 44 magnum with this humongous handgun. <laughs> and he wastes the ammo. Just absolutely wastes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the scene when he shoots Baron Semedy in the head, right? Yes, and it's, because that's one of the best scenes. Yeah, the statue. Yeah, he shoots him in the head. We actually see his head burst, uh-huh. and his eyes go up like, "Huh, what's going on?" And then Bond shoots again and again, and the guy just falls apart. It's a statue, and that's yep. pretty awesome. That's one of the best shots in here, like. And then he fights Baron Samedy and uh, throws him right into a box of snakes. Yeah, a coffin, actually. A coffin of snakes. And then he dies. Or did he? Or did he? Exactly. And then they end up taking a little elevator into the base of operations Mm -hmm. that comes from a grave, from a tombstone. And then we have our, our we have the gun that makes things explode. For some reason. For some reason it's not introduced ever. No, he but, just says I have this gun now. We use but, it on sharks. In, in in the book, Bond's captured like immediately. Mm-hmm. And they're tied he and Solitaire are tied up for like hours. Just stuck in a room. Yeah. And then they're tied together and dragged with a boat. Which is is in For Your Eyes Only, the movie. But done to the absolute extreme in that movie. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to get dragged over the coral reefs so they're eaten by barracudas and sharks. 
Yeah. And Bond's plan in the book is just trying to survive it mm-hmm. because he has planted a bomb on Mr. Big's ship, which is yes. going to explode at a certain time. Yeah, and it's a really intense scene. And then in the movie, Bond's on a little bonded solitaire tied to like a little like basket thing, and they're going <laughs> to get dunked in the water with where there's sharks because Mr. Uh, Mr. Big cut Bond's arm, mm-hmm. and then instead, Whisper gets wrong. Well, first of all, Bond uses his watch as a saw. Yeah, which didn't get introduced. Just the magnet. That the, the magnet has, has a nice payoff. Yes. He tries it to escape from the alligator farm, but it fails, which is a nice it, little subverting yeah. of expectations. And um, he uses it here to get the little cartridge from the the gun that makes things blow up like the couch. Mm-hmm. And then he, he uses it as a saw because there's ropes. And then he ends up um, throwing Whisper into like a weird coffin thing. It looks like a rocket. I don't know what it is. But yeah. But it, we never see Whisper again. No. Maybe he's still alive. Maybe he got arrested. Or he suffocated. That's probably more likely. Bond didn't care. <laughs> no. But I love when uh, Yafaya Koda shoots the, the couch and it just turns into a balloon while Whisper's yeah. off. <laughs> and then he falls off. <laughs> and Yafaya Koda, he's great in that scene because he's... He's playing it differently than before. He's like very happy and like, ah, Bond, welcome. And then he just starts laughing when he shoots the gun at the couch. He's like, see how this works. Uh, And then uh, Bond and um, Kananga fall into the water. The Bond grabs him and puts the thing, makes him swallow the cartridge. And then he turns into a balloon. Literally into a balloon. And he blows up. He crashes against the ceiling and explodes. In a really sped up scene. Yes. Which they, I think they directly zoom in on the balloon dummy. Yeah. Not a good decision. No. (laughs) For such a cool villain, because it's the Yafet Kodo, but then you give him an ending like that. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, in the in the book, they all blow up in the boat. Ex- uh, no, 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 Mister Big, he's still alive. Oh, that's right. After the explosion, yeah, and he's, he's swimming towards Bond, and then he gets completely ripped apart by barracudas or sharks, and it's yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah, that was that was a wild scene. <laughs> it's nasty. I guess they could have done it like Kananga gets killed by the shark. Which mm-hmm. was supposed to kill Bond, but instead he explodes. Which is pretty funny. It is funny, definitely. Uh, but then we got the train rides. Mm-hmm. In the book, the train ride is basically Bond's too tired to have sex with Solitaire, which is something we didn't bring up in the book. It's that they don't ever have sex. Oh no, it's only implied at the very end that, that they're going that to. They might gonna have sex now but well then it's implied later that they did in the later books 
Oh yeah, with... but but only after the events of the book. Yes. Yeah, because I think in Doctor No, he th looks back on Solitaire. I think it's in Doctor No. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the in the movie, we have a fight with Tihi. A train fight. A train. Not as not as good as the one in From Russia with Love. Although I will say, Solitaire gets folded up in the bed, which is pretty funny. Yeah. It doesn't know what happened, which is dumb. But Bond basically takes some wire cutters that we didn't know he had, and he cuts his arm so like he can't open it. It just is permanently stuck shut. He's stuck to the door, and he throws it out the window so his arm, his mechanical <laughs> arm, rips out of his the socket. Yeah, pretty awesome. And then, and then we get Bond's the solitaire again, and then we get Baron Samdi. Yeah, sitting in front of the train, which is the best shot in the movie, I would say. Yes, and then Live and Let Die plays, which yeah. we didn't even talk about that. That oh, song's yeah. awesome. That's the most rowdy Bond song. I just want to punch everyone in the room. <laughs> I just just start getting into a fight and start throwing some Roger Moore martial arts moves, which we need to talk about that real fast. Okay. It's so clear that we don't have Sean Connery anymore. Sean Connery could fight, but he just didn't have some good fight choreographers most of the time. I mean, he picked up a couch and you only live twice. And threw it at Dwayne The Rock Johnson's granddad. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Uh, and then... But this, Roger Moore's fighting, when it does, his hand-to-hand -hand fighting, when it does happen, is so, so bad. Yeah, it was not his strong suit, definitely. No, that's, that's why. It's always better when he tries to charm people, because yeah, that's, his, that's his thing. Yeah, and that we started to see that in this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, I'm not my favorite Bond, but it's one of my favorite more films okay i can see that it's it's one of the better ones in my opinion yeah i mean it's it fun. is fun definitely and i think moore gives a good performance again great villains like the, exactly not just the main villain and the henchman even like the side guys working for him the taxi mm -hmm. driver is great yes the black hey, dude hey, with like this and he has the great line about for $20 extra, I drive you to a Ku Klux Klan cookout. Yes. <laughs> we have some great dialogue in here. That's so bad, but it's so funny. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, are you reading any Bond stuff right now? Well, first of all, what did you think of the... I just skipped over what you thought of both of these. <laughs> okay. The book... It's a great adventure story. Yes. Definitely. Definitely in this reread, it really is like a classical adventure story and mm -hmm. drastically different to Casino Royale. Yes. Because we have a treasure, we have this bad guy with a ethnicity and like a beliefs that Bond doesn't understand. He has to Yes. You know, with all the voodoo stuff and the black stuff in New York and Harlem. Interesting stuff. Of course, the treasure and everything. So, 
I like the book very much. The movie, it has great dialogue. It has good action, mm -hmm. but also some bad action. And I think the biggest problem I have with the movie is similar to Diamonds. It just looks cheap. Yeah, it looks less cheap. It looks more expensive than Diamonds. A bit more, definitely. Because but... Diamonds is an ugly movie, and this... It's clear that a lot of the uh, money went to that boat chase. Yeah. And I mean, when it's ugly, at points, it's definitely on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like in New York, which looks like an urban wasteland. Because it's they... filmed in Harlem. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it, it looks bad. It's a bad. It's a very poor area of New York. Like it's, it looks post-apocalyptic. It really does. That's before the 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 riots that happened in the late seventies. Hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, a so... weird one. It's very seventies. Mm -hmm. Location-wise, I would say it's good-ish. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it good or great because some of it you can clearly. See see it's a set yeah yeah I mean, you can see that in some of the connery films yeah but in this one it was more noticeable i would say yeah. but you have great acting all around i like solitaire as the bond girl mm -hmm. yeah she's pretty good we have a good felix in this yes who has good chemistry with roger moore and of course he returns later on yes and um yeah I I really enjoyed the book too, but mm -hmm. have you been reading any any Bond stuff aside from License to Kill? Aside from License to Kill, I was looking forward to reading the authorized biography book from the sixties by John mm -hmm. Pearson. Problem is, I tried reading it on my Kindle thing because mm -hmm. I have it as an ebook because it was cheaper and easier to get. Yeah, for some reason, doesn't work. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Same with License to Kill. Like, the English books on my Kindle don't work for some reason. Some technical error. Hmm. I don't know why. But if I don't get it to work, I have to find a physical copy of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm probably going to go into the John Gardner era again. Yeah, I'm going to have to start going, getting into that soon. But I'm thinking I'm going to read those movie novelizations by Christopher Wood first. We have to. For this yeah. podcast. Yeah. And soon. Definitely. Spy Who Left Me First. Yes. So that's... Okay, then that's my next project. Reading yeah. Spy Who Left Me. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for... Almost yeah. paper movies. Let's, let's discuss. <laughs> In uh, conclusion, great soundtrack. Even oh, though yeah. it's, it's not... It isn't John Barry, right? He only came back then for Man with the Golden Gun. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I have this on vinyl. Oh. Yeah. And they recently remastered and put it on 180 grain vinyl. It's just, it's so good. Very mm. funky. But I, I dig it. So, anyway, that's, that's our live. That and was live and let's discuss, live and let die. <laughs> yeah. All right. I hope you all have a good day. Join us next time as we jump into Man with the Golden Gun. That's going to be interesting. Yes. Anyway, have a good day. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.